0: Could the NFL be down one less evil team owner? Well, we'll touch on that and all the other crazy things the owners are doing just this week on The Push Off. Alright everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast. It's your favorite weekly NFL show It discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's...
1: Dan, just as likely to be the next Colts head coach as anybody, right? That's right, Dan.
0: Yeah, wild, wild, wild week, and we're not even... It's basically not talking about the games it was a wild week, but... Um, yeah. A lot of real close games, most of them one score games. Outside
1: of maybe three
0: or so, three or four.
1: Yeah, and even those, even those ones. I mean, you know, Cincinnati, Carolina, everybody knows about that one. Phil yeah. Houston, whatever. But like, yeah, I mean, even even the fucking Arizona Seattle game was real back and forth. That was wound up being a ten point win, but yeah, not that a was one score, a one. but still a good one. Yeah. Baltimore, New Orleans—that that still was pretty good. I mean, that's a two-score win, but that was a fun game to watch.
0: Yeah, and and it feels like you know, last week we were wrapping up the trade deadline. That feels yeah. like a, a month away already. Like so yeah. much has happened since then. I made that joke that uh, you know you, we're we're coming out right after the trade deadline ended. The next day, no news could 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 top us. That's not how that works. Now. Well, <laughs> then on Wednesday, comes out that uh, Dan Snyder has gotten in touch with, uh, was it Bank of America, whatever it was, to get together on selling the Washington uh, Commanders, what was once called the football team, what was once called the R-Word Redskins. Dan Snyder, the guy that we have touted on this, well, touted isn't the right word, uh, the neg- negatively touted?
1: <laughs> touted as being a fucko.
0: Yes. Uh, on this uh, podcast for its inter- entirety, uh, it might actually be and it seems like it is leaving uh this team. Like I I I, I don't want to say it in the in the wor- worry that uh it's all a big trick. But yeah. it seems like he's selling this team.
1: It's true. Maybe lambast is the word we were thinking of. Yes. We've been lambasting there you him. go. That's a good one. I, just knowing Dan Snyder when he's like I talked to Bank of America about this. I feel like he walked into like a local Bank of America and was like, "Hey, I'm thinking about selling the team. Do you have a clerk I can talk to? What can you someone get me here? For I can a Washington yeah. uh, command. What do you think he can get me for this? Um, it's interesting because they're already talking about Jeff Bezos, who gets mentioned every time a and sports Jay-Z. team gets sold, and Jay Z. And you're like, "All right, whatever, man. Who gives a shit? But one of the big things is they go. You can rebrand this motherfucker. Like it's not like Commanders is so strong that you can't come in here and be like, "Listen, we got Rose Snyder. We're getting rid of this fucking Commanders bullshit. Mm. We're doing something else. Whether it be like the Senators or the Watchmen or whatever the <laughs> fuck it's gonna be. You know, the Sentinels, like whatever the fuck it's gonna be. You have an opportunity to come in, buy a team, and rebrand it and keep the Burgundy and Gold uniforms. Which honestly, even as a Cowboys fan, they're fucking cool colors. Yeah, I like. You know, it's I've such a unique color, color scheme. scheme. Yeah, a and, with you know the commanders just went black good. for black's sake and fuck that shit.
0: That was a weird. Yeah, you're right. And, and now that I watched him in a full game, when I watched him in Minnesota, and you know me in, in in uniforms, those come off too much like a yeah, like a college alternate. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's not good. I mean, Dan Snyder needs to go. Uh, my favorite, my favorite analogy was somebody goes, "Well, it looks like Jerry Jones has slightly more shit on him than he does on Jerry Jones," <laughs> uh, because it looks like Dan Snyder is on his way out. He's still, as much as we're like, ha ah, fuck you, Dan Snyder, he's gonna make a fucking boatload off of this. Yes. Like, he's not being forced to give the team away. He's being forced to sell the team, and it will be the largest sale of a sports franchise in history. Do we know In he, the world.
0: Do we know he's being forced to? Like, it, it did come up at the same time all of this feds are looking into their, their business type of stuff, and that, to me, is interesting on itself because... I don't want to believe that it's a hot potato situation where it's like the feds are looking into it. Well, I sold the team. I don't own it anymore. You can't get me. <laughs> like, I hope I, that's not the case.
1: I mean, I think that's part of it, but there's also those backdoor agreements where it's like, listen, if he sells the fucking thing, this will go away. Like, just get the fuck out of here. That just I believe. Stop embarrassing us. Like, if you sell it, we'll make this stop. Stop. Senate, the Senate will make it stop, Congress will make it stop, or we'll just be like, yeah, fuck this guy, he's awful, but we got rid of him. Like, that's just the way this shit works. It's why guys resign in disgrace rather than be pursued by legal action. Okay. You know? Because it also makes legal action less enticing when you're not ahead to mount. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're not mounting the head of current Washington football team slash commander's owner Dan Snyder. You're mounting the head of former Six Flags owner And former Washington football team owner Dan Snyder. It's not as good. It's not as impressive. So there's less impetus. If there's less impetus, there's less desire. And so fuck it. You go, whatever. It just fades into the background, especially if in between the commanders or whatever their new name will be put together a winning season. Nobody gives a shit. We move the fuck on.
0: That's too bad. I mean, in a way, that's too. It almost feels like, you know, because you're like, you just said, he's going to be selling this for the most money a team has ever gone for and then Mm -hmm. just kind of skate over. Like, Oh well shucks. I guess I have to sell this team for billions and billions of dollars now. You know, like <laughs>
1: you, He's guys you guys got me. You guys got me.
0: I mean in yeah. in the long run, this makes more money, I guess. Keeping it keeping a football team along makes more money than selling it, but he'd be okay for probably the rest of his uh, you know, life.
1: <laughs> yeah. I as much as I enjoy doing these podcasts with you, Scott, every week if somebody forced me out of my position at the Push Off podcast in exchange for, like, a cool million dollars, <laughs> toodaloo, my friend. Oh. <laughs> I know. Yeah, well, we can start something else. You know, we'll do more podcasts somewhere else. Yeah. You know, I'd, we'd have enough money to get our own little studio. It'd be nice. Um. So, yeah, I, I think this is going to end with Snyder no longer being a owner. I think it's done by the end of this off season. The NFL wants it. I think at this point Snyder is done with the fucking headache. And uh, certainly the D.C. metro area is fucking done with the guy. So yeah. I think I think it's over soon.
0: Hey, that'd be great. We could get better uh, in the league there. I mean, that, there was that sneaky suspicion of like, well, why would NFL owners want to replace a defunct owner who's screwing up an organization? It's one less organization in the 32 doing anything good. you know. So I'm glad they are. I'm glad that he's going if that's the case because it's got to be better than what it was. Um, let's jump into the games and let's hit all the rest of the news as we get through all of them. Um, uh, yes, big old week of bye weeks coming into this week. So, uh, we have a little less games to hit, but still plenty. Game mm-hmm. of the week this week, I went with, <clears throat> and excuse me, I'm losing my voice, so I might be coughing a little bit, but I went with the only one that hit overtime this week the Chiefs, Titans. This was Sunday Night Football, 20 to 17. Um, When these two teams play each other, usually it's pretty tight. But what we saw here was it was fourteen to nothing, pretty quick. Fourteen to three at something at least, pretty quick in the the game. Fourteen to nine, Titans at the half. Uh, Then Kelsey with that interception off his hands makes it seventeen to nine Titans. Mahomes came back though, rushing touchdown, two point conversion ran in. This game was tied at seventeen with just under three minutes left. The overtime. Field goal by the Chiefs. Titans can't even get out of the shadow of their own end zone. The Chiefs win it. That's what we thought was going to happen. I'm kind of surprised the Titans put 17 on the board when Malik Willis can only can't can't throw 100 yards.
1: He completed five passes. Yeah, the stat line is a silly stat line. The the problem is this is like air raid fucking... uh, like Hawaii Colt Brennan offense versus like Harvard's 1920 team because they're just like, we'll run it. We throw this motherfucker like maybe 10 times, but just keep handing it to the most physically impressive running back that has ever lived. Yeah. I, you know, I like to do my, my fucking absolutes where I say Adrian Peterson's the greatest runner I've ever seen. Derrick Henry is the most physically impressive running back I like he is built in a fucking lab. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. So let me he s- rushed the ball 17 times for 115 yards yeah. when they knew he was coming.
0: <clears throat> oh yeah, it was all game. Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> let me ask you this. So, when you know that that's happening and Derrick Henry has been what he's been for l- the last uh 8 years, um the last like 3 or so kind of feels like the Titans are wasting him. They're wasting Derrick Henry on this sure. team. Sure,
1: absolutely, but more legends get wasted than not. Isn't that a kind of a sad concept? Like oh, sure. When you think about all of the greats, like the all-time greats, most of them actually get wasted.
0: Yeah, you and know, and this is and Derrick Henry's one of them, is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson. I mean, shit. I mean, even Aaron Rodgers. Look, he's been wasted. He's been wasted for the last eight years. Yep, Aaron Rodgers has because he didn't get a championship. He's dragging these teams as far as he can but they're not there Tony Romo was wasted for years more guys get wasted than not you don't get fairy tales Derrick Henry the fairy tale for him is making all this money and crushing all these full grown ass men when (laughs) he is recovering from CTE or doomed to CTE when he's my age at 36 he'll be able to look back on every one of these films and be like these were professional athletes and you made them look like fucking children for games, for years at a time. Derrick Henry is just fucking different. That being said, on the other side, Patrick Mahomes is insane. Patrick Mahomes yeah. led the team in passing and led the team in rushing. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else had 10 yards rushing. He had 60 yards rushing. On just was six the whole scary. offense.
0: He took off six times and, and led the team in rushing. Um, was there a point in this game, like after the Titans kicked that field goal, in the start of the third quarter after the interception, where you like, uh-oh, Chiefs might lose this at home? Or did it always feel like Kansas City's kind of in this?
1: It, it always felt like Kansas City had it, only because Malik Willis was doing such a bad job. And he's a rookie. And you can't lay this game on Malik Willis, because he wasn't supposed to be there. You know, this is supposed to be Ryan Tannehill's team. This is supposed to be a team that Ryan Tannehill gets to the playoffs and then... Loses in the first or second round, and then Malik (laughs) Willis comes in next year. Malik Willis is being thrust into this position, and he is not ready. No. The fucking guy played at Liberty, for God's sakes. Like, this is about as good as you can expect a guy who was in a, you know, single-read offense in Liberty to do facing a Kansas City defense. Kansas City's defense also not fucking slacking. They're a decent defense, just they can't hold up against Derrick Henry because no one can.
0: What were they? Uh, He was... Ended up being a fifth rounder, fourth, fifth rounder. Malik Willis. He was fourth round. Fourth rounder. So,
1: yeah, starting a fourth round. Which is where we graded him. Second game.
0: Yeah. Second game into the league. I mean, that's expected. So, all par for the course. Uh, The Titans get the Broncos coming off a bye this week here. I'm going to jump into uh, week 10 games. Week 10 games. It's Denver Broncos at Tennessee Titans. Um, yeah, Denver off the bye. Titans off this loss. I am picking first this week, Dan, and I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Titans in this one. It's at noon in Tennessee. Denver's got to travel across there, and oh yeah, Denver's offense is horrible. <laughs> I think I think uh, Denver right now is sitting as a bottom five
1: team in this league. So I'm going Titans. So Denver is awful, but this was not a great Titans. Offense? No, oh no.
0: I said that. Yeah, it is not not for Kansas City. If Chief.
1: if Tannehill is out again, I'm going to take Denver. Really? I'm going to take Denver if Tannehill is out again.
0: Okay. Going for but those if ifs. if he's and, in, yeah,
1: yeah. I you know I don't like to qualify it a ton, but Malik Willis is a liability. The Denver defense is good enough to make his life hell and force a lot of turnovers. So I'm actually, yeah. This is a this is a coin flip for me. If Tannehill's in, I'm going Titans. If Tannehill is out, I'm going Denver Broncos.
0: I'm trying to really quick and see. Oh, they're only talking about the Chiefs still.
1: It's ankle. They, you know, he basically missed two games with this ankle injury. So who knows? It could be three, four games.
0: Yeah, they've been they've been really quiet on his availability. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then we'll have to wait and see there. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, oh,
1: the Willis third rounder. My apologies. Oh fifth. wow, it was really wow.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about uh, the big win by the New York team in green. That's the Jets. They win at home, seventeen to twenty over the Buffalo Bills. Everybody thinks these Bills are world beaters, but uh, they they get the best of Josh Allen in this one, who had uh, two interceptions. He did run two touchdowns in. Uh, the Jets D, though, five sacks in this game. Um, 17 all after Bass hit a 51-yard field goal. But the Jets have a drive starting at their own four-yard line. Score, take the lead with under two minutes left, and and hold on to it and win it.
1: If you're a young team and you've got a good defense and decent running backs, you've got a chance every time. Josh Allen said something that was kind of depressing. <laughs> the end of this game. He said, well, you're going to lose when your quarterback plays like shit. Yeah. And he did. He played like shit. But they basically just went, you're going to have to win this by yourself. We're taking away Devin Singletary. We're going to do everything we can to take away Stephon Diggs. Still had five catches for 93 yards, but they were doing everything they can. This defense was so fucking good. Sauce Gardner is better than I thought he was.
0: Yeah, he's really showing up quickly. Like, we're
1: talking... Defensive Rookie of the Year level shit. You know, that's that's kind of impressive. And Zach Wilson did everything you could want from a young, improving quarterback. Didn't make any crushing mistakes. Didn't even have 200 yards passing. But you know what? Josh Allen just barely had 200 yards passing. This was a defensive slugfest. But the Jets are running the ball, playing great defense. And this was a game at home that Buffalo seemed like they weren't ready for. So, you know, Buffalo seems to have lost two trap games this year. And at a certain point, right, you're you are what your record says you are. They've got two losses in division, already. Yeah, that's not great. No, that's you know, great. they've only got a half game lead over these fucking Jets, dude. That's I, who thought we would be talking about that in November that the Bills only have a half game lead over the Jets. And I don't know that's if that nuts. counts,
0: given that the Jets just beat them head to head. Like it might just be even technically right now, the six and two versus six and three. But like you say, the record is what you say it is we got to say that about the New York Jets at six and three. And that's hard oh, to yeah. get my head around because I mean, when I saw them win in, in green Bay, I was like, jets look pretty good. And then the f- following week against new England I was like, what the hell happened? And now here they are beating the Bills. So I think it's a little Jekyll and Hyde with the jets, but that defense is what, yeah, is certainly sticking it out for them. Uh, they did lose Rankins with a dislocated elbow. He's going to be out four to six weeks. Um, Cause I don't trust Zach Wilson. That's what I'm saying. I don't trust Zach sure. Wilson. They lost Brees Hall. The wide receivers are kind of you know uh, young guys who aren't haven't really shown up. So, do I trust these Jets? I think they're going to be a plucky wild card team. Is what I'm thinking. And they got the best though of this Bills team, and it was a Bills team on the road, but it was still a Bills team that's supposed to be able to. You know, beat these Jets team without that much of a problem. But you're, I think what you hit was, was on the, 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 the nail on the head. J- they put Josh Allen down as like, you got to beat us just yourself. And sometimes Josh Allen goes, okay, then I'm a world beater. I'll go do that. And he's not, he can't always do that. He's
1: got to have other people
0: to get the ball to.
1: And they started this game basically on his first drive. He threw an interception. Yep. You could tell from this first drive, because it was fucking brutally bad. Literally, the game starts with the Jets kicker fucking up. <laughs> he kicked it 20 yards on the kickoff. Did you did you see that?
0: The opener, yeah.
1: The opener. It's 20 yards, just kicks the fucking slips, falls down, kicks it. Josh Allen throws a 42-yard pass on the next play. And you're like, <laughs> I'm sitting there going like, oh, this is going to be fucking bad. <laughs> this is going to be a Bills throttling. And then he throws an, an interception. Yeah. And... That, to me, was like, oh, that was this whole game. As you go, there's no reason why the Jets should win this game, and yet they're just going to fucking snake it out of you. That's all they're going to do. And a lot of credit has to go to Robert Sala, who has built a really good defense here, a really good run game. Nothing against the Bills. They are still one of the top five teams in the NFL. Yeah. And I don't think the Jets are there quite yet. But you cannot face a good young team with a good young defense and not be ready for a game like this. So we've been talking about this for years. Buffalo's got to get a fucking run game going to get some pressure off Josh Allen. Yep. Just some. Because if you force him to do this, and now he's dealing with a UCL injury. That's you know what a big. UCL injury is? Yeah, that's really big. Um, Sometimes that ends in Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm, yep. That's That's not what you want. So they better be real careful with the face of the franchise.
0: Yeah, so that's that's what's going on right now, and we'll see what happens for them coming up this week. Uh, before we talk about next week, uh, and the New York Jets are on a bye week, week 10, so they ride this into a bye week, and they can feel good about that. Um, such a, I want to say parody in this league this year, but what it comes down to is any given Sunday. you know, yeah. Any given Sunday, it, yeah, the Bills are world beaters this year, but this could happen. And then somebody else is in spot here. You know, and when the playoffs come around, man, any team can do it. And it's Except the Texans. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, when I say any team, any playoff team could do it. So you gotta just get in the dance. You gotta just get in the dance this year. Speaking of getting in, let's talk about my Vikings. Twenty to the commanders, seventeen. Another one point victory. This is a uh, six straight one score victories. Not one point, sorry, one score victories. Uh, that's how it works in football, not baseball. Uh, in this one, you know, the Vikings went right down the field in the first drive, touchdown to Justin Jefferson, and then the offense disappeared, disappeared until, uh, commanders took their lead. And this is happening a lot. This season is offense goes like, damn, we look pretty good. Well, we can rest on our laurels now, can't we? And then, uh, the other team takes the lead and they go, shoot, let's wake back up. Let's get down there. And they've answered every time other than that week two in Philly. So, I'm impressed with that. This one was funny because come back from the uh, oh, halftime, up seven to three, and Heineke, you know the guy, is like a Brett Favre, chuck it and pray kind of guy, and he does it into triple coverage for uh, Curtis Samuel, uh, who gets a touchdown because the back judge decides to come running right <laughs> into our safety, who was lining up what was an arm punt, a total arm oh, punt. He catches the guy off guard, knocks him down, still almost got his hands on it, but Curtis Samuel catches it at the two, falls down and is able to roll himself into the end zone. And when that happened, it's just one of those you're like, throw your arms up in the air and go, Well, maybe all of this luck they're saying that the Vikings have had is coming to an end. But that woke him up. That play woke him up. Uh Kirk, who was having a meh game after that opening drive, really had a good second half. He stood in there and hit Jefferson on a go bomb and takes a shot where he just was out of gas the whole time. And then um, they come back down 17-7, to take the lead, uh, take the ball back with a Smith interception, and just run the clock out at the end due to a stupid penalty and you know, play smart ball to kick a field goal from twenty-eight out for the win.
1: How you feel about that, TJ Hawkinson?
0: Oh yeah, he. I mean, first of all, they give him the ball nine times in a game where he's trying to ask which direction he's going. There's a couple times where both <laughs> tight ends run out, and stay in the same spot, and you're like, "That's TJ, man." I mean, the guy's been here for four days, so a blink and then I think. But he, you know, he's such a big fucking target. He the the catch radius. Everything that he brings in, and, and he's gonna fill the middle of that field for them. Like, good luck, Dublin Jefferson. Now, I don't know, man. Pick your poison.
1: Doesn't doesn't he look bigger in purple?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he, he? he looks like a a giant out there. Yeah, he looks certainly looks great. like I'd... a Viking with the long. Yeah, hair I'm and... just
1: excited, man. I'm excited for T.J. Hawkinson. I've always been a big fan of the dude. Um, I think it just makes your offense better. I'm so glad that you could become it. By the way, Scott, how many wins do the Minnesota Vikings have? Seven. Seven. That Seven. seems like a lot. Is that a lot?
0: It's the second most in the league,
1: Dan. Oh, that's pretty good. It's pretty that's darn good. That's not bad. And who did you win? Who did you win against this week? I was the Commanders, but you know, I'm just so happy for you. I'm just. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't be happier for you, Scott. Unless you somehow also managed to beat the Eagles, I couldn't be happier.
0: Yeah, for I'm. It. I'm glad we could share in this. Yeah um yeah
1: man you got a good offense your defense needs to you know against teams like the washington commanders they need to kind of buck up but yeah they did have a decent a decent showing once again you guys are winning the games you lost last year yes you know these one possession games you're seven and one because of them so good for you
0: they they uh the defense i think is getting us slowly better each week uh because turnovers and stuff are now coming into there. harrison smith has had an interception the last three weeks uh straight uh so that stuff is certainly coming in big now in times, too, and, and it's becoming a team win. The one exciting thing about this it team is I think when you have a special team that can make runs and in, deep into the season, those are the ones that are getting together and they're getting along. Um, this win streak and stuff has them with these fun stuff on uh, the planes on the way home. Kirk Cousins is wearing more and more chains. This last one is all over social media with him with his shirt <laughs> off on the plane home from Washington. Uh, they're half making fun of the guy, but it, I think it's you know this joyous uh, team camaraderie, and as long as they can keep that going, I think they could, they could beat anybody. And when I say they could beat anybody, this is a good segue, unless you have more for this game. I don't think... Nope. Uh, we both picked the Vikings to win this segue into what is a pretty strong matchup this week. It's the Minnesota Vikings at the Buffalo Bills. Vikings at Bills comes up at noon on uh, Sunday. It's uh, not gonna get flexed or anything like that. Um, I think it's too early for flexing anyways, but with this one, I I'm not, I'm not taking the Vikings, of course. I, I think Buffalo off of a loss, They're going to be uh, pissed off and focused. Uh, but what's fun about this game for the Vikings is, I want to say pressure's off. You're on the road. You're out of conference. You're 7-1. and one, No one's giving you credit on this Bills team. The line opened down like 8.5. I think yeah. it's it shrunk down to 6 because of Josh Allen and this injury and and the question mark up in the air. I mean, if we're playing Case Keenum this weekend, then Jesus, the football gods are smiling on us quite happily this year. <laughs> are you kidding me?
1: Although, Keenum and
0: Diggs, baby. Keenum to Diggs, man, against us. But we've already played Teddy Bridgewater. We've already played, uh, oh, there's another one out there. But anyways, um, if I want them to just, the way this works is if they get blown out, they get blown out, and then it's all like, oh, yeah, see, the Vikings didn't play anybody. We were all correct. They were the worst 7-1 team in history, and we can all forget about them now. And they fall out of people's minds for the rest of the run of the season, and we see what happens. Uh, if they're in this game, if they lose by one score instead of win by one score, they will be touted much more than they have been this season yet. Even in a loss, I think, because it's the Bills, because it's on the road. So I'm like, go out there, throw everything against the wall, like do some fun stuff. Cut it loose. Yeah, cut it loose and see what happens. Because if you come out there with a loss, as long as as you don't beat yourself on the road out there, then I'm going to be happy, honestly. But I'm taking
1: the Bills. So in a long way, I'm taking the Bills. That's fair. Uh, The Vikings are playing with house money. Yeah, that's a good way. House money. I am very worried about the Buffalo Bills. A UCL injury is nothing to be fucked with. It really, really isn't. Because you know what a UCL injury does? Makes you inaccurate. Which is a thing Josh Allen already struggles with. I am taking your Vikings, Scott. <laughs> I am taking your Vikings because I am worried about this Buffalo Bills team. I know they're at home, but they need to rest Josh Allen. They've just got to. There's There's got to be a time where they just chill this guy the fuck out He's too important for them to rush him through this. And I know they're 6-2. I know they're in a very competitive division, but you're not going to win the Super Bowl with Josh Allen out for the year. That's just mm-hmm. not happening. So they've got to make sure this guy runs through the gamut of tests, is cleared to go, and I just don't think he will. I'm going to pick the Vikings on the road. Um, Yeah,
0: I, so i are not doing this on a certain, like, if Josh Allen doesn't play, if Josh Allen does play.
1: Uh, nope, I'm saying, they, I'm straight up, I'm thinking the Vikings are going to win this game because whether, if he plays, he's playing hurt, and I think it's a problem. If he doesn't play, obviously, you're not playing Josh Allen, right. so right. I'm not as worried <clears> about <throat> it. So I'm picking, I'm picking the Vikings. <coughs> Sorry about that. I keep doing that in the mic. Um, no, no worries.
0: I'm going, you know, so I want to even say, like, if, if Josh Allen wasn't in the game, would I be picking the Bills? And I don't know about that. It's still in Buffalo. They'd, they'd rally behind Case Keenum and, and and put an easy thing in front of them, you know, throw a couple quick ones to Diggs. I don't think we have a defense that can quell Diggs, and Diggs is going to be real focused to probably show up against this old team here. So, uh, um, Even if Josh Allen ain't in this, I'm still taking the bills. Um, I get what you're saying, though. This would be a game on the other side for Buffalo out of conference to maybe rest him. Because you're gonna need them for the the rest of the season, and that is a huge issue. If it if it's a problem, I mean they could be making a uh, um mountain out of a molehill just to kind of get in, get that in the news and a question under the Vikings' uh, skin there. But we'll see. When I was, when I was a child, last thing I want to say about this game before we move on. When I was a child, uh, I. Bills were kind of my AFC team. They went. They were the very good team. Go to all those Super Bowls against uh, your Cowboys and stuff and lose. So like, there was a make a book uh, thing in in like grade school, and mine was like a Vikings Bills Super Bowl where came back and Vikings win it in the tight one, and that was the game. So is this is this a preview of the end of the season?
1: I don't know. No, no, because <laughs> uh, you, you have to beat the Cowboys to get there, Scott, so that's not No one not
0: wants to watch another Cowboys-Bills Super Bowl. Check, oh, check I, with no one
1: wants to watch another Cowboys-Bills Super Bowl. They just want the Bills to win this
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Uh, moving along, let's talk about Chargers-Falcons. That's the next one on the list. That was a fun game. Uh, Falcons and a couple of fun ones here in a row. This one they were on the uh, – Wrong end of 20 to 17. We both picked the Chargers to win this. They snuck yep. it out. Eckler, two touchdowns. Palmer, uh, because no Mike Williams. No, uh, help me, who's their number one wide receiver? Uh, Keenan Allen. Keenan no Allen. Keenan Allen. Um, the other side of the ball, the Falcons got back Cordell Patterson, who got in the end zone twice uh this game was back and forth there was 14 10 Chargers at the half turnover reversals was the way to go in this one uh in fact like falcons getting the ball almost into the end zone khalil Mack with his old strip and run away uh play that he loves to do taking it down the field returns it about the midfield the next play herbert throws an interception <laughs> it's going back the other way uh, and then they did it in the same play late in this game. Eckler fumble picked up by uh, what the defender defensive lineman for the Falcons who just throws it out of his arms after running down the field fifteen yards with it.
1: It's we've talked about we have not given the Falcons enough credit. The fact that they're four and five and a ton of fucking fun means Arthur Smith's job is safe. Absolutely safe. They could tank the rest of this year. Nobody expected them to get four wins. Nobody expected them to be competitive. Man, the Chargers are a fucking mash unit, dude. Hmm. They are so fucking injured. I was looking through that thing, and I was like, oh, my God, there's, like, no one I recognize. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't recognize fucking anybody. I know there's Austin Eckler, but like, <laughs> they've got no legit running backs. They've got no legit wide receivers. Like, who is their fucking tight end? Do you know Gerald it's Gerald Everett. Everett? Yeah, Gerald Jesus. Everett. But even
0: he is a receiving tight end. Yeah, but I you're right, I had him in fantasy a couple of weeks because Darren Waller's been a disappointment. But anyways, that's another who oh, boy. Well, tell
1: that to everybody in Vegas. That's
0: right um but yeah you're right this i mean again this is two teams of uh no please you take the win i insist um but the chargers yeah the chargers are having a stink go at it this season with all the injuries and like i think i have said a couple weeks back i don't know if these are injuries where they're going to get better uh i know that yeah. Rashawn slater's out for the year i think they get the wide receivers back at some point
1: i think bosa comes back too okay
0: there was a there was a thought that Keenan Allen might have been back this game but he wasn't so I think these guys are maybe they're gonna get healthy they're not out of anything so I mean at five and three with the amount of injuries that they have they could be counting their lucky stars and have a win streak coming up for them but
1: we talk about how does a team get in how does a game get in the two minute no offense one is you know just a huge fucking point disparity and the other one is did we learn anything about the teams and I think watching this game I, the answer to me was no. I didn't learn anything watching this game because Atlanta is what Atlanta is and the Chargers are what they are they're just injured. It was still a great game, still want to be talked about, but like it didn't move the needle for my understanding of either team. You know, like if the Chargers had won this game by 100, I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> if Atlanta had won this game somehow, it it also wouldn't have told me anything, you know? It's a it's a fucking weird matchup. For this Chargers and Atlanta team that seem to be both headed in a positive direction, but the Chargers begrudgingly does that makes does that make any sense? Chargers it's, are certainly, it's hard to watch Chargers football.
0: Yeah, they're certainly the better team. I mean, we picked them even with all the injuries. Sure. in Atlanta to win this, and we were correct. So we saw that one coming. But,
1: but listen to our voices when we talk about the Chargers. Oh yeah, they're the better team. Like, right? I, they should win. Like it's. Everything surrounding the Chargers is like. I guess this is. I'm supposed to be impressed by this team. I watch this game. I'm not impressed. Well, I'm not impressed. I, I get individually impressed in moments. Yes. You know, like Khalil Mack. I'm like, oh, right. This is a, still a disruptive physical force. Josh, Her, you know, Justin Herbert. I'm like, oh, I. Fucking, that's, that's what an it is. The bro.
0: individual impression. Yeah. Impress impressions of yeah Herbert Eckler, those players yeah. over who the Falcons have.
1: But as a team. Sure. I'm just not impressed by the Chargers. I, I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for the Chargers to become a cohesive threat. You know, it's all the more reason why I'm upset that they moved the fucking moved our game. You know, Vikings Cowboys, so that we could see Chiefs Chargers. Like, well, they didn't sorry, move I,
0: our the, our game is staying put. It wasn't oh, going. Thought, well, they to be. didn't flex us. No, yeah. I was just saying they should have flexed our game. If they flexed our game, you would have been in a better situation because Kirk Cousins doesn't play good in primetime. But no, he's doing him in the afternoon. He'll be rested. He's. It's a little further away from church, but, <laughs> anyways, that's that's <laughs> still another week. But the Chargers have a, certainly a test next week coming up. They go to San Francisco or wherever they play Santa Clara Uh, playing the 49ers it is Chargers at 49ers it's a West Coast game down there but uh, as I'm picking here I'm going to say it's the Niners the Niners off a bye uh, a whole off week there to get uh, McCaffrey going into that uh, offense deeply now and um, getting the Chargers very banged up these Niners these Niners look very good so I'm I'm interested to see them at at a full power uh, at home and I want to see how worried I need to be on the 49ers. So I'm going to pick them in this one and beat the Chargers.
1: Which one of these teams still has a functional Bosa?
0: <laughs> yeah, it would be the Niners.
1: All right, then I'm going to go with the Niners. That's the way it goes. So I, I just think they are a more dangerous team. And to your point, you know, it's not Andy Reid coming off a bye, but they're coming off a bye. So I, I got to give that that edge to the Niners.
0: Um, moving on to, oh, I'll have fun wanting. Packers 9, Lions 15, we did pick this, Dan.
1: We did not we did not see this one coming. Um I was hemming and hawing, man. I was hemming and hawing. Yeah. I was like, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I should've done it. I should've believed
0: in the Honolulu blue. This one was the one of the last ones off the mat at noon on uh Sunday, which first of all had a horrible imbalance of games, but it's beside the point. But this one, nothing and nothing for the longest time and the Lions uh get touched down. Due to a penalty, they're going to go up 8-0. to nothing. Um, The Packers were one of the, I, I think, the last team at the noon hour to get any points because Aaron Rodgers just could not stop turning the ball over at the end zone. <laughs> just something about that blue end zone meant throw it to the other team, I guess. No, I mean, all of them weren't his fault. The first one thrown into the helmet, tipped straight up in the air, intercepted. Uh, second one a very silly play to uh, Bakhtiari on a trick that um, Hutchinson the rookie saw and just snags out of the air and then the last one was um, the safety read it perfectly and jumps in front of the route so but three interceptions on a guy who just doesn't do that just does not do that uh, let alone multiple interception game let alone like more than maybe four or five interceptions a year is what Rodgers is usually like so Something happening, something bad in Green Bay, and I'm trying not to smile too much. He...
1: I think... I can't quite tombstone the Packers.
0: No, no, no. You've only tombstoned one team so far.
1: I have, and I I stand by it. (laughs) No no kidding. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers, the last time he threw three interceptions was against the Carolina Panthers. Oh, back okay. in 2017, when Carolina was still pretty fucking good. This was really embarrassing. Yeah. This is maybe one of the more embarrassing offensive games I've ever seen the Packers play. Does that make any sense?
0: Yeah, because this is a Lions team that was averaging coming into this game 32.1 points per game to the other team, you know, averaging the other team scoring that on them. Every team has scored at least 24 points on them until the Packers, who couldn't get one... They got a touchdown, right? Then they went for two. Yeah, so they just couldn't get more than
1: nine on them. Aaron Rodgers has thrown three interceptions in a game five times. We talked about that one in Carolina against a really good Carolina defense, and the other three were back in 2008 and 2009.
0: Yeah, early, early... Rodgers, right.
1: That's a long time ago in the land of Aaron Rodgers, man. This this Packers offense is broken. Lafleur has got to do something because there's no help coming in. You're not bringing in Odell Beckham. That's not happening. Odell Beckham doesn't want to tie himself to a 3-6 and six team. He's in that stage of his career where he needs another championship to give himself a shot at the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. A 3-6 and six Packers team is dangerous, but I'm not afraid of them. Um and a lot of the Aaron Rodgers boogeyman shit seems to have worn off as well. Um gotta give Aaron Glenn a great hand here. He has like saved his job the <laughs> last two weeks. Somehow this formerly offensive juggernaut Lions team is now a defensive stalwart. Um, well, wait a they minute. Do they do have a lot of talent a, there.
0: A lot to the Dolphins last week. They gave up thirty one of the Dolphins. When they had that big lead. So, this was just, I think this is an outlier, but you're right. This speaks more to the Packers' offense being broken than the Lions' defense really showing up. They they had some big plays for those turnovers and they got momentum behind them. And I think, yeah, Packers are feeling this like wheels coming off. Uh oh, it's happening again feeling on these. I mean, Vikings were feeling it last season, so I kind of know it. Yeah. This one was, <coughs> excuse me, this one was full of injuries. Uh, on the Packers side um, they lost Stokes super early and then uh, Dowdes, uh the wide receiver rookie guy early too Rashawn Gary tore his ACL he's done for the season uh, Jones was in a walking boot after the game but I heard the x-rays were negative so hopefully Aaron Jones is back for them moving forward because Jesus he was supposed to be their offense now the, in this game too I thought they tried to run it and the Lions were like oh no we're not gonna we're not going to let you run it, which was interesting. Like, that was what they focused on stopping him. That's what worked.
1: You know how much I love me some Rashawn Gary.
0: Oh, yeah, and yeah. you're a Michigan guy.
1: Rashawn Gary was having himself a season, a, a really bad Packers team. He still had six sacks halfway through the season. He was on pace to set a personal best. Now he's got an ACL injury that's going to take him out through half of next year. Like, I think this is the end for the Packers. I know that's tough to say about like a 25-year-old kid, but like when he comes back, the athleticism that makes him so dangerous is going to be gone for at least another year after that. So next year, this defense won't be quite as good. I can't imagine Green Bay recovering from this. I just can't. I can't see a way that they make the playoffs at 3 and 6 four games back in their own division with a bunch of really good NFC teams well above them in terms of ability, skill and record. You know what? Scott, fuck it. I have to. <laughs> I'm tombstoning the fucking Packers. Yeah. Okay. It it just seems like
0: an an odd uh, jump from Raiders last week to Packers this week, but and we've have we talked about you decided you didn't want a tombstone commanders or anything like that yet. We haven't done not <laughs> quite yet. Okay, not quite yet. Um, tombstone or no, they are uh, they got your cowboys this week. You're going to Lambeau to play these Packers. It's a noon start, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and noon we will
1: start. we will gently no, apply a af- single it's rose. A late afternoon start. Yeah. Gently apply a single rose atop the tombstone and be on our merry way with the W. Yeah, um, I. I can't see Aaron Rodgers having a great game against this Cowboys defense after he just did this against the fucking Lions.
0: And having you pick first doesn't spoil anything. We knew where your pick was going to be, but yeah, I'm picking your Cowboys. I think uh, off the bye, this is the other NFC team that that's scaring me here. These Cowboys, you know, Niners and Cowboys. I kind of want to see what you guys can really bring to the table uh, for the rest of the season. And yeah. Uh, you want because heading into these games, all this was like, you know, the Packers got to be focused then, right? I mean, they, you know, no BS anymore. Uh, uh t- player only meetings, and let's get this thing on track. But yeah, it's kind of at the point now where th- their leader is a guy that probably doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Um, but what do you do for you? Just gave him all that money,
1: he's got such a dead cap on you next year. Sure, good luck. I mean. You fucking deal with it. And he goes, Well, good thing you drafted Jordan Love then, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Who we may wind up seeing here in the next couple games. Like, that's what's. This might wind up being that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers effectively end their careers as, like, afterthoughts, guys that don't even sniff the fucking playoffs. It's kind of crazy. Well, that happens
0: with a lot of really good quarterbacks. I wonder if they get, like, you're talking benched. Like, well, there's no reason to keep Aaron Rodgers through this. Let's, yeah, see what we have with. With Jordan Love and and see yeah. some Jordan Love stuff like a, a healthy Aaron Rodgers sitting on a bench would be mind-boggling. But you're right, we could right? see it this year.
1: Yeah, and like I said, they got six losses. I I <laughs> think you're gonna need you're gonna need ten or eleven wins to make it into the playoffs in the NFC this year. And are we thinking they're gonna go undefeated through the rest of the year? I don't think so. They're gonna lose at least two more games. I I don't think it's happening for them.
0: Well. With all this exciting talk, we just I'm going to need a break, Dan. I'm going to need to take a moment, <laughs> catch my breath, because I'm just enjoying this discussion a little too much. When we return, the two-minute no offense, all the other games, and we're going to get you ready for week 10. I promise you that. This is the push-off. We're sticking it right here at the Push Off Podcast. We're back from our break. Let's jump into that two-minute no offense.
1: Because no offense, but if you're in this section of the uh, football program, perhaps you're the Carolina goddamn Panthers. Mm. You've just got to do a better job finding one single fucking quarterback that can throw the ball well. That's all we ask, just one. Get a couple first-round draft picks and an undrafted guy. I don't know. Do something better. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: getting, it's getting ugly in a few of these uh, – Few of these franchises at this point in the year. You're only halfway through, so it's it's going to be a long one for some of these. <laughs> Start that clock
1: <clears throat> and ready to go.
0: Starting in the Thursday night game, uh, Eagles twenty nine, Texans seventeen. I mean, I liked the red helmets, but I picked it right with the Eagles winning.
1: Yeah, listen, I Houston was looking pretty good in the first half, but uh, Philadelphia is just better. They're just better in every facet of the game. Uh, Mills doesn't look bad. He just that's. Such a team bereft of talent. You almost feel bad for the guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, but they got to move. I don't know what the Texans are doing. It's going to take a You got to get they somebody gotta...
1: else. It can't be Mills. It's yeah. got to be somebody else.
0: Uh, moving along, that Bengals team destroyed the Panthers at home. 42-21. <laughs> it was 35-0 to nothing at, at the half. Oh, boy, Joe Mixon had a game.
1: Yeah, I was playing against him in fantasy, so that really <laughs> fucked my weekend up. That was lovely. Uh, yeah, Cincinnati's a really good team. Carolina's a really bad team. It it was actually not as close as 42-21. No. They kind of just let Carolina get some garbage time shit going on. Cincinnati is a really good team. Carolina's junk.
0: Uh, moving along. This was an ugly one. Colts, three. Patriots, 26. I got this one picked down you. Ellinger, an interception. Patriots, nine sacks. Three for Uche and three for Judon. And then the pat you know, as bad as the Colts for the Patriots, just you know, let's just have Nick Folk do all the scoring. <laughs> Four field goals again. Colts 0 for fourteen on third downs.
1: Yeah. It doesn't give me a lot of hope in the Patriots, but oh boy, it gives me no hope in the Colts moving forward, and that makes sense. Yeah.
0: And then finally I put Raiders and Jaguars in this as well. Uh this was a tight game, but again it was Raiders and Jaguars, and Dan picked this one correct with the Jaguars winning twenty seven to twenty.
1: Well, I threw a fucking tombstone on the guys. I I can't believe in a tombstone, man. Um, yeah, Jacksonville is a bad team with potential to get better. I don't know how Vegas fixes this. <laughs> They're two and six in a division where that is probably already too many losses. Um, Jacksonville's still kind of alive in the AFC South, man. I don't know. It's I don't know how this shit works in the AFC South, but I know the oh. Vegas Raiders are fucking toast.
0: There it is. Again, the Raiders were up 17 and nothing in this game and lost it. That's the second time they've done it this season. All right, let's move on. I want to talk about Colts at Raiders next week and this is uh because Frank Reich will not be coaching. <laughs> In Indianapolis. I think at this point, if you guys are listening, you know about this so far. And we've waited till this point in the show to talk about it, but this is a wild, wild story. Um, Frank Reich fired as Colts head coach. That was kind of expected. Makes sense. Because especially of the show that was put up in New England, that was an embarrassment. Uh, Ballard is all about how, you know, the rivalry is back on. Ballard, you know, that's the GM there in Indianapolis. He hates the Patriots, and that's what he got embarrassed with uh on uh, sunday so he's out uh the next day on monday and on the same day monday who is brought in but saturday
1: <laughs> no this is not a bit no it's unfortunately not.
0: uh so jeff saturday former colts center from when Peyton manning was there uh ring of honor guy for the colts um and um you know he was he's what, what was he coaching for the colts uh what was his he, uh, he wasn't he wasn't he, he was not, not coaching for the colts <laughs> not a he single was coaching fucking for game. a high school team he has a little bit of that experience but no so instead of the colts getting some other person on their coaching staff in as interim uh, John Fox, who was a head coach in multiple places, uh, been to the Super Bowl. Gus Bradley, also been head coach. Uh, yeah, it was Jaguars, but it still counts. Um, <laughs> instead, uh, they decide to to hire Jeff Saturday to come in and be their interim coach, basically off the street. using an ET- ESPN analyst. Your thoughts on this, Dan?
1: He's a decent analyst. Yeah. Um. The only thing I can think that makes sense is you go, listen, I don't need a head coach. I really don't. I don't need a head coach. I don't need some guy to come in here and poison this fucking team. What I need everybody to do is I need you to stay in your fucking lane. Jeff Saturday is just here to be like a tie-breaking vote. That's all he really is. But somebody else is going to call the offensive plays. Somebody else is going to call the defensive plays, And that's already what's happening. Um, you know, Jeff Saturday is not coming in here going. I have my own offensive scheme I want to install. Um, what's his nuts? There's the the kid, like Parks Fraser.
0: Well, didn't Reich though take the offensive calls this last week? <laughs> like he did. He I thought he they did. got rid of somebody. Maybe they got rid of their their OC prior to that or something. They so. did. Okay. They
1: did. So now Parks Frazier is going to be the offensive play caller who is like a couple weeks ago was just like a a quality control assistant you know like this is everybody's moving up really really quickly in indianapolis (laughs) yeah uh guys are coming in from the outside there's motherfuckers off the street um i've been named the strength and conditioning coach i forgot to tell you that no thank you i appreciate it uh yeah i mean i just got to start learning how to do sit ups and then i'll teach them i'm sure it'll work well (laughs) um yeah i mean the colts are a fucking mess but at a certain point like when your house is burning down, what's a couple more logs thrown through a window? <laughs> um, and that's kind of how this feels with Jeff Saturday, where it's like, well, what what were you going to do to right the ship? You know, were you going to make a gun? Go- nobody on that staff feels like they're going to right the ship. It's it's rotten. you got to burn the motherfucker down. Jeff Saturday is not going to be in the running to be the next Colts head coach. Mm. I hope not.
0: I and hope probably not. nobody else in that room is either. And I guess that's the thing, too, is else. when you fire a head coach, there everybody that's still left there is the guys that they brought in so you're like whoops well are any of us gonna have a job because you didn't hire us either the guy that hired us is the guy you just fired so a lot of this turnover happens but it happens at the end of the year because you know there's a whole season left to play uh half a season whatever left to play so yeah you gotta have somebody at the helm so it's Jeff Saturday and just it's just interesting because no experience it's not that you know, we just need somebody to be the the leader of the team. You know, coach guy. <laughs> He's never done that. He's not done it. So sure. He was uh maybe he was a players type coach. I mean, no, he wait he was the the voice of the NFLPA or something when he was playing. I thought for a bit or something like that. And I don't know if it was NFLPA, but like players association something. He was
1: like well. He was he was part of the 2011 CBA. A, uh, there you go. The negotiation group. For but you'd think that would push him more towards like a GM role potentially, you know, than a head, or than a coaching like that. role. Yeah. But Jeff Saturday doesn't strike me as a fucking idiot. So that's the thing. Jim Ursay strikes me as a fucking <laughs> idiot, and he this strikes me as a pill popping lunatic.
0: This feels like Ursay all over, right? This feels like Irsay. Oh, this is up the phone. You think this is one hundred percent Irsay? I
1: think because Peyton Manning. Made Jim Irsey lose his phone number, and Jeff Saturday's like, "Yeah, fucking, I'm bored." Like, you got to remember, Jeff Saturday also accepted this position. You know, that's the one thing we don't talk about is like, you know, you got, you got fucking pill pop skates McGee calling you up, being yeah, like, I'm "Jeffy, babes, <laughs> I need you to, I need you an in indie baby, yeah. I need you an in indie." I'll give you all the Zannies you need. Just come down here. See me on Saturday. And Saturday's like, fuck it, man. I'll, uh, yeah, why not? No, it seems like a fun yes. little challenge. Yeah. But he said yes. Jeff Saturday said yes. So he's not qualified for this, but he fucking said yes. Yeah, I know. So I wonder what he actually agreed to. That's what it feels like to me, where it's just like, just come in, just – help these fucking guys not be at each other's throats like let's not have a fucking power struggle maybe this is a power vacuum maybe this is what ursay wants so that he can just clean the fuck out and instead of you being a head coach that's trying to win a job or save your job because that's what gus bradley would be doing he would be auditioning
0: sure sure
1: if jeff saturday is not auditioning it's just like hey jeff get in here tell me who's not worth a damn and tell me who is pretty fucking good you know, to a degree, this is almost Jeff Saturday helping Jim Ursay find out who might be the next head coach.
0: Well, yeah, it sounds like they, because there's all those times you can hire people as a, uh, oh, God, uh, the word I'm looking for, Outside consultant, consultant. Consultant, yeah. Uh, and I think he has been a consultant. That's what it sounds like you're describing there, not a head coach. <laughs> but hey, Jim Irsay, you, you <laughs> march by the beat of your own drum, my man. Um, all, it's not
1: on 4 4 timers. We're fucking sure.
0: What this does mean, though, is it puts a lot of interest into one of the three afternoon games, you know, opposite your Cowboy Packers, Colts Raiders. Otherwise,. Would have ignored. Now it's like a little bit like, what is going to happen on that sidelines? Is anybody going to start shouting at Jeff? Like, I'm interested. So I'm not, I'm going to take your uh, already tombstoned Raiders again after the mess I saw them do last week. But again, they, they can score points at least. That Colts offense has proved to me they can. So I'm taking Raiders at home.
1: I ride with weird fucking decisions. <laughs> Going to go with the Colts on the road. I
0: can't believe the amount of games we've already picked opposite in this week, but okay.
1: I'm well. Think about it this way: yeah. Josh McDaniels needs to save his fucking job. Oh yeah, Parks Frazier's trying to win one. You we've never seen a game called by Parks Frazier before. You know, we've never seen it. There's no film on a game called by Parks Frazier. There's plenty of film uh, on Josh McDaniels cult games, so you may be able to pull a couple tricks out. The Colts are not completely bereft of talent either, and their defense is still pretty fucking good. Yeah. So I think if Jeff Saturday gets the fuck out of the way and allows the defense to be really good, they could beat the Raiders. If he allows the offense to be interesting, they could beat the Raiders, and I think they beat the Raiders on the road.
0: Um, They still don't have uh Jonathan Taylor, though, right?
1: Isn't Colts still without Jonathan Taylor? Still without him, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's and that's a big reason why that offense has disappeared. It, it's hard to blame all it on Frank Reich. I mean, man, you guys been patching up the Colts with with journeyman quarterbacks for, since Luck, you know, retired out of nowhere. And that's tough. But after a while, you're like, well, it's been this X many seasons. Move on. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens on uh on Sunday. Do you think uh? McDaniels could be a one and done because I think with that you know since it's the owner who it is <laughs> I have a feeling that those guys at least are close enough for him to be like i give
1: you another year I think McDaniels gets another year only because he doesn't want to be paying oh yeah for <laughs> all these coaches salaries Better, at yeah the same time not working there at the same time <laughs> yeah this is this is not a wealthy man he needs this shit to work dude um yeah, I, God, I can't see McDaniels getting fired this year, but I can see him getting fired early next year. Yeah.
0: All right. Okay, let's move on. That was most of the fun stuff. Here's another slew of games we can talk about. Uh, Monday Night Football, the Commanders at Philadelphia to play the Eagles. That's right, the Eagles. Nothing gets tougher for them.
1: <sighs> God, you know how much I hate yep. picking the Eagles.
0: Oh, well, of course but, I do.
1: Washington football whatever the fuckers are my blood rivals and I hate the Eagles but my god they're so much better I'm gonna pick the Eagles for I think the first time this year I'm pretty sure I'm it is I'm going to pick the Eagles yeah
0: it's a good pick Dan it's a good pick I think they're gonna don't, win it don't you dare don't <laughs> you dare try to make
1: me feel good about this
0: Eagles in prime time you picked you picked it before me we need to get back onto that track thing but I, I'm with you. it is Eagles gonna win that one uh at home and the lights. Come on, all right. The Texans at the Giants. Uh, Giants coming off a of bye week. The Texans are a team that Dan has not yet tombstoned. Oh, uh, well, I'm picking first. I'm picking the Giants. Come on.
1: So I mean, I'm also picking the Giants. I I think if the Giants win this game, I I am forced to tombstone the Houston Texans. I can't believe uh, they I would aren't love still. Yeah, they aren't already. I would
0: division.
1: I guess. I would love if they if they could pull something out here, go 2-6-1, and one, you know, make it fucking weird. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm picking the Giants. The Giants are a better team. Yeah. And with rest. Come on. Brian Dable's done a fucking great job this year. Yeah, I'll
0: cheer for your Texans too. Uh, and then Thursday night football is the Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers are going to be wearing their black alternate helmets. We get our first look at those this year.
1: Which is not black for black's sake. A panther's fucking black. Yeah, pan- that makes sense. So they'll probably totally be in in
0: black from head to toe in this one, uh, but that won't be enough for them. I'm like, I'm liking the Falcons on the road, on, on a short I, week.
1: I feel the same. I mean, it's it's tough on the road with like four days rest, but the Falcons are fun. You're the talking a divisional
0: aren't. game too. These yeah, guys know it's each divisional. Other. I,
1: I, yeah, I mean, this could really help the Panthers' psyche. Um, if they win it, but I just, I just don't think they're good enough, man.
0: No, I'm with you. All right. And then, um, the Cincinnati Bengals by week, week 10, New England Patriots also by week, week 10 moving right along. Let's talk about the Dolphins bears game. This was a track meet 35, 32, I mean, the Dolphins just kept putting on points, but every time he turned around, the uh, Bear, Bears were catching up. It was uh, after a blocked punt touchdown, 21-10 to 10 Dolphins at one point, 21-17 at the half. It was 35-25 Dolphins to start the fourth quarter. It, it, it sh- could have gone and probably should have gone to overtime uh, due to a very questionable no-pass interference call on Claypool on the Bears' like second-to-last play of the game. Would have put him in field that was goal bullshit. range. It was late. It was certainly late. I don't. Here's the thing. I, I don't like games being decided on forty-plus yard pass interference calls. However, sure, you have to call it when it looks like
1: that. You have to. It, he had his hand around his waist and he pulled him backwards. Yep. What do you call that?
0: It was a very you know bad <laughs> underthrown pass too. Like Claypool had to stop and come back for it, but. The, the corner's momentum was pulling him well past it, and he could tell it was, so he kind of had to do it. Claypool was going to catch. Well, and that was the thing, too, is Claypool might not have caught it because the safety hit him at the exact right moment. Sure. Claypool would have at least had his hands on it cleanly, and then it would have just been if he could have hold, held on or not. So,
1: I Like I said, this is it sucks for the Bears because Justin Fields is looking like an interesting talent. Yeah. And they're not out of any of these games, but they are six losses already. They got six losses. They lost to Miami at home by three points. Had they won this game, there would be a great deal of excitement in Chicago. Oh yeah, a great deal. They'd Four be ahead of the Packers. Shot. Yeah, be amazing. Miami is good enough to get this shit done. I don't know if Miami is the world beaters that we thought they might be. I don't. I don't think that's the case. But Chicago has not been embarrassing, and that is an improvement over where this franchise started this season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Justin Fields looks like he's won himself the position for next year. They're going to have a lot of free agent space available. Justin Fields might be an interesting cat that people want to play with. That, so, yeah, this is good for the Bears.
0: He had three touchdowns, passing 178 rush yards, which is the uh, new regular season record. He beats out uh, Michael Vick, who did it to the Vikings. So that I kind of enjoyed too. Gets that away from us, and then um, oh, he had a rushing touchdown too—the sixty-one yard rushing touchdown. I, t- I I don't know if I texted you. I texted my brother when I saw it. I go, I, I just saw Justin Fields do something that was really scaring me because <laughs> he just—it's this little pump fake, like, uh, and then he just was gone, just a blink, and by everybody like they were standing still, and that.
1: It's not Lamar Jackson level, but it's close.
0: Yeah, it's like you can start seeing like, oh wow, he could be a shade of that, and if you get him some weapons, um, but I don't know what happened to the Bears defense. The Dolphins offense is also very good, Two is very good. Hill's I know what happened to the good. Bears
1: defense? It's in Philadelphia. Oh, that's in, true the trades. <laughs> it's in Philadelphia, it's in Baltimore. That's what happened to the Bears defense. <laughs> that's right. They got them
0: all moved away. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Um moving along though, the Bears are back at home. They have the Lions coming to town off of their big win. It's
1: Lions at Bears. This is this is a feel good matchup for somebody. <laughs> You know, anybody that wins this game feels a lot better about their season. I can guarantee you that.
0: Yeah. I'm going to – wait a minute, i got to pick before you. I'm going to go Bears at home. I think Detroit's going to be in this. I think it's going to be tight, but um, Detroit's finding ways to lose these games, and the Bears are Bears are a tough beat at in Chicago, so I'm going to go Bears. I would
1: love to pick against you, but watching Aaron Rodgers bring it right down into the red zone for the last drive of that game i was like wow the lions are really doing everything they can to throw this thing away with both hands so Mm. yeah i think the bears are, are fun and interesting and uh you know go four and six and i'm gonna have to tombstone the lions after this game yeah uh
0: also browns at dolphins we can talk about that one this week um browns coming off the bye the dolphins the dolphins just look very good and with them being at home I think they're going to they're going to keep it going. Uh Tua boy, since coming back from that injury now, he's even he's even looking stronger. So, I think the Dolphins look very good and they'll beat the Browns there at, at home.
1: I disagree, sir. Oh. I disagree. I'm going to take these Browns, um a rested Browns team against this Miami team because Miami did not convince me. I don't think the Chicago Bears are very good. I think Justin Fields is interesting, but I I don't think Miami was tearing up a good defense here I think they were tearing up a defense full of scrubs And they they barely won this game On the road I think the Browns are better than the Bears And I think the Browns will show it this week and win
0: Okay, alright um, This is the last game the Browns have uh, before Deshaun Watson makes his return Unbelievable We're here already Soon. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see where they are after this This is going to be interesting to see the Browns move forward um, Let's talk about Monday night Ravens Saints uh this one not very tight the Ravens took care of business they were up 14 to three at the half they were up 27 to six with under six minutes left in this one I, I don't know why I wasn't in the two minute no offense Dan the Saints only touchdown was a weird play where the Ravens defense just seemed to stop
1: yeah I mean this was Lamar Jackson looking decent uh you know it seemed like, almost like a warm-up game, like a tune-up game that he's not quite back at MVP level uh, abilities, but there were a lot of game there were a lot of plays he was making in this game that you're like, "Oh right, that's you're the only fucking guy alive that can do that." Um the Saints are not a terrible fucking team. Andy Dalton's not a terrible quarterback, but they just keep running into really good teams week after week after week. I kind of feel bad for him. Um yeah, I mean, New Orleans isn't Tombstone cuz they're in the NFC South, but they they've got to put a couple wins together here, man, or, it, or it's over for them quick. I feel good about Baltimore. Baltimore must feel good about themselves. But uh yeah, just I, I didn't learn much. I didn't learn much in this game. Baltimore is pretty decent. New Orleans is struggling and, and needs a couple uh needs a couple breaks to go their way.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. I don't I don't fear the Saints anymore. Mike Thomas, uh uh can't he's seem to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, so he's done. So yeah, there's just not, toe. it's not uh, It's not looking good for them, and well, except for this week, they're going to the Steelers, I kind of like them in Pittsburgh, actually, I'll take the Saints on the road. <laughs> I will take the Steelers at home. Wow, are we going to pick opposite all, th- well, we'll see, I'll have to rehash all this after we <laughs> go back and listen, my gosh, the Ravens have yeah. a bye week, they're going to go bye week week 10, so uh, they get to rest it up. And uh, yeah, we see where they go from there. I, I'm with you. I think the Ravens are very deadly, but there's this this weirdness about them. They they they've gotten better with their defense, not giving up big leads and stuff like that the last few weeks. But still, uh, still wonder. I mean, can they can they take down the teams like the Chiefs and the Bills this year? I wonder.
1: I, I will. I will give you an opportunity to pick the Steelers. Oh, I you got it. Okay, T.J. Get... Watt may be back this week. Ooh. Yeah, but that you—you've got a rested Steelers team against a a Baltimore, Sorry, against a uh, a New Orleans team that played on Monday night against a tough division rival. I—I I think the Steelers have a chance to pull this out. Oh, they ain't got a chance. I mean, any
0: given Sunday, people got a all chance. Right, all right. But, I
1: just—I wanted to make sure you knew TJ
0: Watt might be back. Um, no, I think uh, Alvin Kamara. You you know, and I don't trust that Steelers offense to get too many points. Claypool's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I I like my still like my Saints pick. And then, uh, all right, two more games here, Dan, for the week. Then we wrap up. Let's talk about Rams losing to Tampa. We both, no, we were, yeah, we were both fired the cannons, didn't we? Or we take Rams? No, we took Rams. We were both wrong. We both took Rams. Um it was a uh, tight game 7-6 Rams at the half Rams were up uh, uh, suck up hits a 50 yarder with 8 minutes left 4th and goal no good under 2 minutes for Tampa Bay thought that was the end of this game but they still get the ball back no timeouts left 44 seconds one of those one last Brady comeback uh, drives hits uh, Kate Otten the rookie tight end Yeah. with 9 seconds left to take the lead
1: I thought this game kind of sucked. Yeah. It sucked for like three and a half quarters. <laughs> like, it just it felt like L.A. couldn't get their shit going. Tampa couldn't get their shit going. It didn't feel like these defenses were thumping and killing people, um, although Bobby Wagner did have one hell of a field goal block. Mm-hmm. Um, that shit was tremendous. But just neither one of these teams, I know Tampa gets the win here, I know L.A.'s three and five. But neither one of these teams feels dangerous to me. Do they feel dangerous to you, Scott?
0: No, they're they're the middle-of-the-road bubble playoff, maybe, kind of things. Also
1: um, Rams, yeah.
0: The Rams are really a big disappointment right now, and the Buccaneers are that, like,
1: well, they've got
0: enough talent, but they're not winning handily like they should kind of thing, yeah. feeling. So, yeah, no, both of them are kind of disappointments, certainly disappointments.
1: Tom Brady... Threw the ball almost 60 times in this game. That fucking guy's shoulder is going to fly off at some point. He keeps
0: point. doing it. No, like, yeah, that's like almost like normal for him at this point. It's nuts. It's
1: crazy, man. But yeah, I, once again, I'm not afraid of Tampa Bay. I'm not afraid of LA. I just, I don't know if either one of these teams is going to make the playoffs, but I know whoever does, I'm not afraid of them.
0: Yeah. Um, in order to talk about who they play next week, one the last game, Seahawks and Cardinals. This is the one I got over you. The Seahawks uh, win it on the road in Arizona, 31-21. to 21. Geno Smith, two touchdowns. He did throw one interception that was a pick six. Uh, but then uh, Kenneth Walker, the rookie, uh, 129 total yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns in this one. Uh, Murray had two touchdowns. He's arguing with DeAndre Hopkins on the sidelines. Next week, or no, tomorrow, today, as of the airing of this episode, Hard yep. Knocks Arizona Cardinals airs. So we'll get a little eye into this, uh, what feels like a defunct organization this year.
1: Uh, I'm going to guess not a lot of people loving Kyler Murray. Um, oh. Yeah, not I Michelle. mean, it, yeah. yeah, the guy just doesn't strike me as the as a leader of men type. Yeah. Um, You know, he's just one of those rare talents. I mean, I love watching a guy like Lamar Jackson, who you know is a rare species of person. Mm. And then you watch him on the sidelines, and you're like, people seem to like this fucking guy. I see Kyler Murray, who's in that other species of rare talent. Doesn't seem like anybody fucking likes this guy. Mm. Um, You know, the Cardinals have married him. They have tied themselves to Kyler Murray. But if they wind up being a 9-loss team or a 10-loss team, that wouldn't fucking shock me um seattle being six and three running away with this division right now it's what happened what is happening in the nfl that geno smith is probably if he maintains this level absolutely the nfl comeback player of the year <laughs> yeah and seattle might be the winner of the nfc west no one saw this coming at the beginning of the year seattle yeah seattle's
0: super surprised right now they're very impressive um yeah that's what to say about that i they're They're certainly playing smart they're they're running the ball very uh aggressively and that, and that's keeping control of the game with this uh game in Arizona, it just yeah it felt like Seattle was in control for most of it, so i I wanted't to worry about it. I have uh the okay, so hard knocks last year, midseason was the Indianapolis Colts. If I remember correctly when they started the show, they kind of gave you a speed through the beginning of their season first so the cameras were with them that whole time there's some back you know off the se- uh, field stuff they have in there and then catch them up to like current and then we start following them after the previous game you see what, what their games were and stuff but what I'm getting to is I think they're going to be a little bit of that game in Minnesota I can look at and other stuff like that too so yeah, excited to see the, the Cardinals Hard Knocks game or show their game is in LA against the Rams this week the in division game what do you think?
1: Well, you got to pick it first. You got oh, your right. little fucking lead on me, huh? Thank you. You're so used to you're so used to being behind uh, me in the picks. Uh,
0: I think even when I did have the lead, I just let you pick first because you didn't that's worry true. too much about it. But th- this week, <laughs> I do feel like you're maybe taking some shots here just to try to jump back
1: ahead. Um, I, my, as you know, I pick like a fucking random maniac yeah. half the time. It's it seems to be the only way to to pick in this modern NFL. <laughs> you know it, it. It works
0: just about as good as as the. Uh, the punting guys who are getting paid the the big bucks to do it
1: 50 percent of the time it works every time and i'm not nearly as good as a coin flip for the jets we haven't talked about that at all that's, fucking <laughs> that's
0: wild right. I'm, I'm gonna go uh, rams i'm gonna go rams because i think the cardinals are a bigger mess la at home all you need to do is just stop turning the ball
1: over let's go i don't think they will stop turning the ball over mm. um i know nobody likes kyler murray but everybody loves deandre hopkins and right now DeAndre Hopkins versus Jalen Ramsey is always fucking interesting, but Hopkins always seems to get the better of him. It just always seems to go that way. So I'm actually going to pick the Cardinals to win this game and to make an exciting uh, midseason second episode of Hard Knocks. There you go. Uh, So I'm going to pick the Cardinals.
0: I had to check and see they they met week one. Yeah. No. No. Well, there's no Hopkins. They met Week Three, yeah, uh, without Hopkins, twenty to twelve. Rams won that one, but yeah, yeah, still tight. Okay, we'll see what happens. Um, and then finally, we've got a uh, uh, international game, and this one is in Munich, Germany. But it is starting it again at eight thirty in the morning Central Standard uh, on Sunday. The Seattle Seahawks going or not going? They're going to Munich. They're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out there in Germany. Um, this is an interesting one. I'm, I'm going to go Seahawks. I think they've been playing much better than Tampa. Uh, find Tom Brady out there. You can parade him around and everything, but this isn't a home game for Tampa. So Seattle's
1: going to win it. I agree with you. I think Seattle's just better and, uh, a lot of people don't realize this. Uh, Giselle Bunchen is a sixth-generation uh, German Brazilian. Oh, no. So uh, I think he'll be distracted by all of these random Frau lines that remind him of his once and future love, <laughs> and he will be undone by the misery caused by his own mind. I am so. Uh, glad I slipped I didn't into do the... a weird Sigmund Freud there. I apologize. Yeah, I was like, I'm
0: glad I didn't do the German accent
1: here in this one.
0: Um, my
1: German accent's pretty good. It's not bad. Baharian. I was just worried about I, mine. Yeah. My shit's regionally distinct, man. Come on.
0: Alright, so uh, Dan, that's all the games. We've made it through the entire thing and we've gotten all your picks for week 10. We're all over the board in this one, you guys. It's going to be a wild week. Um, Because we're about halfway through the season, we talked about doing uh, a little mid-season awards. We are already a good hour, about almost 20 into this episode though, Dan. So real quick, we'll kind of fly through these. Uh, MVP, right now, who do you see it as?
1: I mean, Josh Allen's making a fucking play for it. The guys have just been tremendous. Jalen Hurts is my second. He's my number two, but I'm, I'm still going to give it to Josh Allen just to start this year. He's been amazing. See, those guys are on my list,
0: but I'm actually giving them to Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes right now has the most touchdowns. Uh, he still has a very low number of interceptions, and he's throwing the most yards right now. So when it comes to quarterbacks, he's got all the stats, and he's not doing anything that should tell me he shouldn't get it. So... But, yeah, Hurts, Allen, those are the guys. Those are the guys that I could see making.
1: He, and Mahomes might have a Jordan-esque situation where we're like, yeah, yeah, we know he's the best, but, like, come on, give it to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah it kind of feels like, yeah, you overlook him. Uh, offensive player of the year, then, who do you like? Tyreek Hill, absolutely tearing the fucking league apart, uh, playing for Tua. Tua Tongavaloa is having a great year, but Tyreek Hill is part of the reason.
0: I picked the same. I did Tyreek Hill, Offensive Player of the Year. I really think it. Yeah, is. He's been
1: so good. There's no running back that's really touching him. I mean, Derrick Henry could win it every year mm-hmm. for Offensive Player of the Year, but I, I think Tyreek's just been on a different level so far. Yeah.
0: Uh, defensive Player of the Year, who do you like?
1: Give me Micah Parsons. <laughs> you kidding? I mean, even not with the homeristic tendencies. The dude is on one of the best defenses in the NFL, and he's clearly the best player on one of the best defenses in the NFL. I, I think that wins your defensive player of the year more often than not.
0: Defensive player of the year is a tough one because I think sometimes it's just an eye test. But uh, if you look at the stats, I was like Matt Judon right now has three more sacks than anybody else in the league, so maybe it's Judon. But when it comes down to just pass rushers, you know that's that's all he's doing. So that's yeah, it's tough. So I could be persuaded there. Um, offensive rookie of the year, Dan.
1: uh can, give me Kenneth Walker the third. He has absolutely exploded for this Seahawks team. He has looked like a fucking dynamo. Um, He's been fantastic. It's exactly what the Seahawks have been searching for 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 years, and he's leading a division leader in rushing. So I'm going to give it to Kenneth Walker III. Yeah,
0: I'm with you. I think it's Kenneth Walker III, but I think it only is because Brees Hall got injured. He was going to take
1: it. And I think watch out for Chris Olave. Uh watching the way the Saints are playing, I think he can make a late rush.
0: Yeah, he's my favorite of the wide receivers I think so far for the rookies. Mm-hmm. Uh defensive rookie of the year. Sauce. Sauce is up there for me too. Sauce was my pick, but also Tariq Woolen. Let's go for four interceptions
1: already. Uh he's the, been great.
0: Yeah, for the Seahawks. Uh and he was But like I I go round. by
1: that I go by that logic, right? If you go how good is the fucking Jets defense? It's really good. Who's one of the better players on that defense? Well, it's a yeah. fucking rookie, you know? So you got to give it to Sauce.
0: And then we t- uh, you, you already kind of brought up comeback player of the year. I think it's pretty obvious right now. It's got to be Gino. Yeah, it's Gino unless you you give it to Tua after the injury.
1: <laughs> but very simply, you give and I love this. You give it to Gino because he said they wrote me off. I didn't write back though. <laughs> Yeah. Just that by itself. You know, that shit'll play on a loop at the NFL Honors. Comeback so player of the year.
0: Yeah. Quote of the year. Yeah. Uh, the only other one I wrote down was coach of the year. Do you have any choices of coach yet? Uh,
1: I hate that I'm going to say this. <laughs> but right now it's Nick Sirianni.
0: It could be Sirianni. It's not always just the uh, record, though. It's kind of like who's doing the most with little. So Dable, I think, is maybe one, or even uh, Pete Carroll this year.
1: Oh, Pete Carroll could be – he could be the most fun choice for Coach of the right. Year. Right. How miserable is it that I have two guys in my division yeah. that are in the running for Coach of the I Year? But, I mean, that's, I'm, how, a guy.
0: that's how the NFC East becomes the NFC Beast so fast. Is, that's true. It's really a flip does. of, yeah, completely changing these teams. And the, the Washington Commanders, they're trying to do it with, starting with ownership, so we'll see. <laughs> okay, that's our show, you guys. Uh, let's wrap it up. The, uh, the picks coming into this week because – we got so many opposite here. I need to let you know oh, right yeah. now, I'm at 79, Dan, you're at 77. Got you by two right now, but it is going to go, well, it'll probably just split down the middle somehow. <laughs>
1: probably. Some some weird fucking way.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, the only th- I got a couple crazy stats, and then I'll, I'll bid you guys adieu. Um, I want to talk about uh, the 2011 draft class had five players with all we're currently now over a hundred sacks von miller Ooh, yeah. cam jordan justin houston j.j watt and robert quinn all over a hundred sacks in their career ryan kerrigan has a 95.5 and then alden smith had 42 in his first three seasons that was quite the draft class
1: 2011 was the greatest draft class in nfl history
0: on all sides and i not just pass rushers here
1: All sides. Tyron Smith. That's a Tyron Smith draft pick. One of the greatest left tackles of the last 20 years. It is so top to bottom fucking stacked. It's unbelievable. There's, you know, Cam Newton was the pick there. Cam Newton, a former MVP. This thing was absolutely packed. The only guys that were real disappointments there were Blaine Gabbert and Jake Locker. Pretty much everybody else in the top 20 was a contributor, a pro bowler, or an all-pro.
0: Uh, no. Christian Ponder. <laughs> oh, well, sorry. Yeah, I was Ponder. like, I was like, who did Vikings take in 2011? Christian Ponder, Kyle Rudolph in the second round. Um, it was great. Christian Ballard in the fourth. Oof, we didn't have a lot of draft picks out. Mr.
1: Raymond, Brandon Fusco. No. No. Eh, we had Kyle Rudolph. That was about it for the second round. But, but listen listen to this top 15. Well, you brought up the 2011 draft. I have to talk about <laughs> it. Cam Newton, MVP. Von Miller, defend, or uh, MV, Super Bowl MVP. Marcel Darius, one of the better interior defensive linemen for 10 years uh, for the Buffalo Bills. A.J. Green, potential first-round Hall of Famer. Patrick Peterson, a fucking first-round Hall of Famer. Julio Jones, the freakiest wide receiver in the last ten years. Alden Smith, we talked about it. Jake Locker, meh. Tyron Smith locked up the left side in Dallas for a decade. Blaine Gabbert still playing in Tampa Bay. J.J. Watt, multiple-time defensive player of the year. Christian Ponder, sorry about that, Scott. (laughs) Uh, Nick Fairley in Detroit, who, if not for his heart condition, probably would have a good, solid career. Robert Quinn, Mike Pouncey, a team captain on the Steelers for over, sorry, on the Dolphins for over a decade and Ryan Kerrigan, one of the more underrated uh, pass rushers in the NFL. That's the top of the first round. That's the top of the first round. Cam Jordan, Mark Ingram, Muhammad Wilkerson, and Cameron Hayward are all in there as well, and Andy Dalton was a second-round pick. Stacked, stacked draft. Yeah.
0: The only other crazy stat that I had was uh, 26 of the last 30 years the Packers have finished above 500 wow so if they happen to be dealing with some cap hell due to this rogers fall off <laughs> you know maybe that's a little bit of finally the the super bowl gods balancing those uh the those scales just a little just a pinch Uh, Just a pinch. That's my crazy stats. That's our show, you guys, for this week, uh, week nine ending and week 10 entering. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, The only thing left is Dan. Please give us our parting words of wisdom.
1: Some tombstones have been given out so far. Two. We gave one out last week. We (laughs) gave one out again this week. In death, there is hope for a new life. If your team has been tombstoned on this program, go ahead and just wrap it up for the year. No reason to watch anymore. I've I've made the decision for you. It's okay. But now is the time to check out. We are more than halfway through the college football season. There are some fucking studs at the quarterback position and at the edge rush position. Start scouting now if your team is in the gutter because, oh boy, April is here before you know it, Guys. Uh, start scouting now. It's amazing. There's there's like four or five top 15 quarterbacks available in this draft. Get ready. Get fucking stoked.
0: Yeah. Yeah, everybody's excited about this cup coming draft. So uh, just more fun along the way, you guys. So stick it right here. Subscribe. Why haven't you subscribed by now? Come on. Thank you for joining us, though, for this week. I am Scott. And this is Dan. Enjoy week 10. We'll see you after it. Goodbye.